to the dark side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm Dyson. And this is Dark Adaptation. You know what it is, bitch. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> you know what it is, bitch. It's my favorite. I love that. Always it's, sunny. It's yeah. always sunny is such a good show. There's never a bad episode. Every single episode, you're like, this is fucking fire. That's genius. All of them are so good. Yeah. Do you listen to the podcast? I do not. It's funny. I don't like podcasts. No. Just a lot of people with hot air to exhale. <laughs> Including me? Especially not. (laughs) (laughs) I have to live with you. (laughs) I'm not getting in trouble with that one. I think that people would agree it's more that I have to live with you. (laughs) Literally, spoils of horror when they mention us. Leo was like, props to you. You know what they call that? To having to live with him. You know what they call that, Brianna? Um... The tyranny of the majority. You sound like a douche. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I bought a house <laughs> online without even seeing it from Massachusetts. I mean, Ohio. I don't remember what the fuck Zach Bagan said on that. <laughs> it was Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> I, <laughs> I bought a house. It wasn't online, was it? It probably was Yeah, online. it was online. It was online <laughs> and not seen at all. He never even showed up before he bought it. How did we get here? Did he say tyranny of the majority? No, it's just a douchey thing I could see him say. And and then you said douche, and I thought Zach Baggins. And then I thought Zach Baggins Hellhouse. And then I thought Fauxhawk, but we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry, Zach Baggins. You're not that douchey. Um, I know people that won't even say his name because he's sensitive. Give a fuck? <laughs> Who gets that fucking right? <laughs> Walk around like Will Smith's fucking wife doesn't even get that right. <laughs> Good lord! What even is this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I'm heated right now. Oh, that's true. Before we were recording, I had you ranting. <laughs> I like to hype him up. All right, this is episode fifty-one. Um, I, I don't feel like a fever dream, whatever the hell we were just talking about. Well, you know, it's appropriate because I'm heated up. It's a fever dream and this is going to be a hot, hot, hot episode. Whew. Whew. Coming in hot. Yes. It's a spicy one, isn't it? It's, it's in more than one way. Yeah. It's a spicy. It's a pace. Mm. I think I wish I should just go. Just go. I think I'll just go. Spark it. St. Petersburg, Florida, a.k.a. St. Pete to the locals, is... <laughs> to the locals. St. Pete. Jesus. St. Pete to the locals is known for its perpetual sunshine, which is why it has the moniker the Sunshine Shitty. To Sunshine Shitty. Sunshine Shitty. Good God. The Sunshine City. It's... Okay. It's known for its perpetual sunshine. Thank you. It's award-winning peaches, top-rated restaurants, and on the macabre side, 
it's known for the case of Mary Reeser, whose death in the 1950s was shrouded by odd circumstances that left a mysterious but interesting legacy. Hmm. I got there. I'm intrigued. Oh, good. Yeah. Do I have your attention? You do. Proceed. On July 1st, 1951, 67-year-old widow Mary Reeser and her son, Dr. Richard Reeser Jr. I'm. This is all tongue to <laughs> the Sunshine Dick City. Reeser. Dr. Re- Richard Reeser Jr. Like my mouth doesn't even move like that. Okay, so sh- so Mary Reeser's with her son, Dr. Richard Reeser Jr. They're spending an evening together in Mary's small St. Pete apartment, which is located at 1200 Cherry Street Northeast. Between cigarettes, Mary complained about the Florida heat. She was looking forward to escaping the hot weather, but told Richard she was anxious about the trip. In particular, she was worried it might fall through. Richard talked her through her worries. He ate dinner solo because Mary was too anxious to eat. And around 9 p.m., Richard said he was heading out. Mary had taken two secondal tablets. They're like... Uh, barbiturates kind of like sleeping pills okay can be used for so she had taken two of those that evening and when richard was leaving she said that she might take two more before bed richard kissed his mother goodbye and left so with richard gone mary wound down for the night with her usual routine she got into a nightgown she put on her black satin slippers she opened up the windows to have a cigarette in her comfy overstuffed easy chair which sat in her bedroom area against the wall. If only Richard had known he was kissing his mother goodbye for the very last time. Before we get into the details of this case, let's quickly get to know a little bit about Mary. And I say quickly and a little bit because there's not really that much information. Well, there is something about Mary. Oh, it's a good one. Thank you. Wow, I'm proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's what we do know about this Mary. Mary Hardy Reeser was born in Columbia, Pennsylvania on March 8th, 1884. She married Dr. Richard Reeser, and together they had their only child, Richard Reeser Jr., who was also born in Pennsylvania on May 14th, 1910, and he became a doctor just like his father. So he's not only a junior, he's also a doctor. There's two Dr. Richard Reesers. Baby doctor. Dr. Richard Reeser Jr. Baby doctor. Dr. Dick. Paging Dr. Dick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't call me by my first name. It's disrespectful to my to my MD. To my MD. <laughs> Sadly, Mary's husband passed away. How? I don't know how. I think it was a stroke or something. No, wait, that was no. I don't know. Died I should not say. I don't know. Died doing what he loves. Stroking out. <laughs> oh my God, this is a doctor. <laughs> I don't care. There's certain doctors I have no respect for. I don't know how he died, but he definitely died. And he was 72 and he died on May 30th, 1947. So after a few years of widowhood, Mary decided that she's going to move to St. Pete, St. Petersburg, Florida, 
to be near her son and granddaughters, who she loved dearly. So she figured, why not? Because, like, Pennsylvania and Florida is pretty far away. So she's like, I might as well go down there. I don't really have my husband anymore, so I'll go and be close to my family. Mm -hmm. Mary also loved needlepoint, which is, like, crocheting. Oh, okay. Or, like, like crosswork. Crosswork? What is it? Cross-stitch? Jesus christ oh god damn it you're the guy in this relationship aren't you yes i am fuck that's fine I... do you mean cross stitching cross stitching let's go to michael's yeah. <laughs> All right. that's true you're the one that drags me to michael's they got good shit okay i'm like michael's okay they got the good shit <laughs> where do i drag you nowhere really thrifting but you like to yeah go thrifting i like the too. thrift though I don't drag you anywhere. Yeah. You are the ball and chain. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I've dragged you to Michael's like twice. Still twice too many. Yeah, whatever. You got hit on by the cashier. You liked it. Yeah, she is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Mary also loved Needlepoint, like I said. Uh, and you so kindly corrected my cross work into cross stitch. <laughs> Uh, she also loved entertaining. In particular, she always loved to entertain her friends. But she's in Florida now, and they were all the way up in Pennsylvania. And she was really, really missing them. Like, hence the anxieties that she had on July 1st over the potential of not seeing them. I don't know exactly what the worry was, but I think it was just coordinating travel, like accommodations and stuff. She just wasn't sure exactly how it would all come together. So she was really worried she wouldn't get up there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's all we really know about Mary. So we're going to go back to 1951. Okay. Mary's landlady, Pansy M. Carpenter, also. We got Dick, Dick Jr. and Pansy. Mm Mm-hmm. Pansy. Uh, She also lived at 1200 Cherry Street. And at around 5 a.m. on July 2nd, she woke up and she thought that she smelled smoke or something like it maybe something burning, and she assumed that it was an overheating water pump in the garage. So she turned it off and she went back to bed. I don't know if maybe the water pump had been giving what her trouble. What a specific assumption. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it Must was like, be the water pump. Maybe it had been giving her trouble or if she's half asleep. Maybe she's just like, yeah, that's what it is. Who knows? <laughs> it's a 1951 water pump. Maybe it was just noisy as shit. I guess. <laughs> At roughly 8 a.m., so it's July 2nd now, Western Union knocked on Pansy's door with a telegram from Mary. The telegram was from her friend in Pennsylvania with a message letting her know that the trip had been arranged and taken care of, so Mary could finally escape the Florida heat and go up and see her friends that she was missing so much. Pansy headed over to Mary's apartment. She's knocking on the door, but there's no answer. So she knocks some more and she's waiting and there's no answer. So she's like, this is weird. Like Mary's always up by now. So Pansy tried to turn the metal doorknob, but she quickly pulled her hand away because it was hot to the touch. It burnt her hand. So Pansy, Pansy's instantly like, alrighty, I know what that means. I have to go and call for help. So she calls for help and the firefighters were like Im- immediately on their way. Mm-hmm. Never good when you touch a hot doorknob. Yeah. So the firefighters arrived and they entered Mary's smoke-filled apartment. 
and as they made their way deeper inside, they saw embers crackling among a large pile of black ash next to the burnt wall. At okay. first, this smoldering pile appeared only to have the burnt metal frame and springs of a large chair. But as they made their way closer, they made a very macabre discovery. Among the ash and the chair remnants, there was part of a backbone, a a skull, which had shrunken down to the, quote, size of a teacup, and a left foot wearing an undamaged black satin slipper. Did you say a skull that is shrunken down to the size of a teacup? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yep. Okay. Is that something that just happens? No. Okay. Not not usually not usually in this case, no. Wouldn't it be funny if like it hadn't shrunken? That was just that was just the size. Just like that thing in Beetlejuice in the waiting room with the very tiny head. Yeah. Yeah, that was just it. Just no one wanted to mention it. No one wanted to mention her pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had a normal size head. I've seen photos, so that's why it was extra bizarre when they're like, Holy shit, that's a tiny ass skull. And then yeah, her left foot, it's like also, like, her ankle and, like, halfway up her calf, her foot with the slipper on it. Oh, fuck. And that was, the only, that was, like, the only identifiable part of Mary. And the rest of her body, minus the part of the backbone and the skull, was completely, like, cremated, incinerated, whatever you want to say. It was just a pile what? of ash. She just... The extent... Sorry, it probably didn't sound like that. It probably sounded more like... That's what you sound like. No. So, uh, you saying like, I'm sorry, did you say it shrunk down to the size of a teacup? Uh, yeah, and the extent of the skull shrinkage was especially perplexing in the pool? <laughs> to investigators. <laughs> and when the firefighters handed it over after the police got there, because obviously the firefighters are the first ones there, and they're looking around, and they're like, uh-oh, we need the police for sure. So they get there, and they're like, hi, here's a part of a, a leg and foot and also a tiny skull. And investigators are like looking at it and examining it. And it wasn't like some sort of illusion where it had obviously been on fire. So it wasn't like it appeared smaller because it didn't have like skin and ears and stuff anymore. Yeah. And like outer layers. Yeah. Gone away, so it's like, like it just smaller. actually was really small. That's so weird. I know. That's so weird. And I have, and like, I'll just say now, like, we, I don't know why that, why that is. There's no explanation. Oh, it's just a very tiny small. <laughs> there, that was, um, yeah, the first of the perplexity was this teeny tiny skull and also uh, yeah. just, just a leg and no, nothing else. And um, now the, the police are involved. They're like, okay, so it wasn't just responding to a fire. Like, we actually have a very strange situation on our hands. So... We will examine the pile of ash and the apartment to determine what the hell happened here. So the first thing they obviously noticed is that Mary seems to have been cremated here in this pile, but a fire has to burn like red hot to cremate a body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like looking it up and apparently a fire has to be between 760 to 980 degrees Celsius or 14 to 1600 degrees Fahrenheit. And a cremation takes place anywhere 
from 30 minutes to three hours, just depending on the body. Holy fuck. Yeah. And yeah, so you really can just think of like those like scenes with the crematorium <laughs> where they just open up that thing. It's just. Yeah, it has to be that yeah, hot. Just flames everywhere. So it's extreme heat. Yeah. So they're like, so that's how hot this fire had to have been. Mm-hmm. And they're looking around the apartment and they're like, okay, we can see that something. The fire definitely was really hot in here because there's stuff around the apartment, especially in the vicinity of the fire, that is, like, melted and sooty. So the chair that had been sitting near the wall, which was now completely burnt, um, there's the upper part of the apartment walls. They have a layer of soot. Like, if you had set a candle down burning, Mm -hmm. uh, it would get, like, a little black ring above something if it was too close to the top of a shelf or the ceiling or some shit. Yeah. So that is what it looked like all along only the top of the walls. Okay. The electric outlets that were toward the ceiling had melted, but the switches and outlets that were lowered down more towards the carpet were completely intact and the walls were completely clean an electric clock that was on a table had stopped at 420 and they presumed it was in the morning a.m but it had stopped but if they plugged it in an outlet that worked the clock was working so they're like this is really weird what Mm -hmm. plastic household objects all around the room where the chair was they obviously had been softened because they got so hot so they had kind of like melted or lost their shape and there was unlit candles that had been around her um, apartment so the wax melted but there was like a fully intact white wick in the puddle of melted wax so it was hot enough to melt the wax of the candles but you can see the white wick the the candle didn't get lit Mm -hmm. there was a newspaper right near the chair that was totally untouched by fire, not even burnt at all. And then where the chair is, is in like a bedroom area. Because if you look at a diagram of her apartment, it doesn't seem to be like there's separate rooms for everything. It's kind of like one big room that has like a little area that's a kitchenette. And towards the back of the apartment, it looks like there's an area she has set up as a bedroom. But it's mm-hmm. basically like an open room. Okay. So the area that she had made into her bedroom, she had day beds and they had white sheets and they were still perfectly white. So okay. That didn't get sooty. So okay. investigators are in this apartment cataloging all this stuff and they're just like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't understand. Obviously, there was a fucking burning hot fire here. It has melted a woman and a chair and part of the wall shrunk her head somehow and shrunk her head somehow and only left a foot but this apartment is fine other than like some stuff losing shape and melting a bit so but weird. only some of the stuff yeah it's so strange so word of mary's very eerie and mysterious death was quickly spreading around the community and it didn't take long for it to gain national attention and media outlets were calling her story the Cinder Lady case. It was the biggest thing that had happened in Sleepy St. Pete in years. And everyone wanted answers. 
Of course, some people believed that they had the answers and they were eager to share because people with opinions think they're so she important. She had a high magnesium diet, let me tell you. High magnesium. <laughs> so St. Petersburg Police Chief J.R. Reichert received hundreds of theories in the form of like letters and phone calls. And this is all from people who were following Mary's case who was like, I know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So some locals claimed that they smelled a strange odor outside of Mary's home, theorizing the smell was likely from a napalm, phosphorus, or thermite bomb. Oh, yeah. She got, like, tactically nuked, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just someone shot a little missile into her home. Someone was, like, the 67-year-old widow. No. Taking her out. Someone, someone called in and was like, you know what? You know those pranks where someone puts an airbag under your chair? <laughs> thermonuclear bomb right there yeah just (laughs) just so that that's literally what people were saying though great that's what happened i know it is and so there's other people who are like no 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 that's not what happened yeah she died in a freak fire accident there was one letter that the chief of police received that said quote a ball of fire came through the open window and hit her i seen it happen (laughs) i seen it Okay, well, first of all, wow. Second of all, you seen it? You do you, it, sir? You didn't do anything? You were like, oh, shit. That huge fireball just flew into that woman's open window, and now she's burning alive in her chair. Cool. And don't, you don't do anything? What a show. <laughs> At 4, 4.20 in the morning. I seen it happen. Well, that's just when the clock stopped. Yeah, I know, but like... <laughs> <laughs> early in the morning it's florida you know what florida does have all the wild stories so no they got crazy stories so others were like no it was not any sort of like chemical bomb it was not a a freak fire accident because there was a giant ball that threw flew through the window that's not an accident either anymore (laughs) (laughs) contesting that It was because she was struck by lightning because the window was open. See, I always told you to look out for lightning. I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) And another prevailing theory that was what everyone was like, dude, this was spontaneous human combustion. Hmm. All right. (laughs) I don't know about that one spontaneous human combustion what is it dyson it's when you're just sitting around and then out of nowhere for no discernible reason you just i thought you were literally gonna say it's when a human spontaneously combusts <laughs> that would have been a funnier answer kind of regret mine yours was just okay well I'll tell you a little bit about spontaneous human combustion. Mm -hmm. Descriptions and reports of SHC is what I'm going to call it because it's shorter. Okay, thank you. Date back to the 17th century with a lot of cases recorded in the 19th century. It was like it was a widely discussed phenomena with the public largely accepting it as a reality for people who were alcoholics and overweight. It it made sense. They just accept it. That's what they were like. That's of course it makes sense. It makes sense to me that people can spontaneously combust because they 
have a body, a large body, saturated with alcohol. So, of course, they're going to be flammable. Makes perfect sense. They just lit up like a candle. That's what people thought. And they really did believe it. Guess who believed this? Well, lots of people did. But guess what one person believed this? Uh, uh, I'll tell you. Newton. (laughs) A man named Charles Dickens. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just good old Charlie Dickens. Charlie Uh, Dickens. (laughs) He he believed this to be true. He was one of those people in these, like, Victorian era that was like, yes, a large body, alcoholic, totally flammable. Of course you would combust. To the point, he believed this to the point that in a book he published called Bleak House, he uses SHC to kill off an alcoholic character named Crook. Crook spontaneously combusts. Okay, you know what? Like, I I started reading Bleak House and I stopped because it's a fucking... It's like, it's like 10 inches thick. I, uh, yeah, I looked it up and it was actually like 20 short stories, essentially, like episodes. Yeah. And he compiled it into the one book. I gotta say, it was captivating, but now that I know that he exceeded Deus Machina so much that he was just like, fuck it, this character just sets up in flame. I don't... It's an alcoholic, know. and he spontaneously combusted. It's the eight. It's <laughs> at this point it would have been the eighteen hundreds, and mm-hmm. people really believed that. All right. Spontaneously combusted. I mean, it makes sense. You look around the other times. Okay, one spontaneous human combustion is super fucking fun to think about. Well, it's, not if it was not you. if it's you, but it's cool. Like it's it's one of those like bleak like like kind of like yeah, how no you're way. scared. Of, how you're scared of like drowning in quicksand, for example, when you're younger, you're captivated by the idea because it's just so weird and crazy. Mm-hmm. Or like when you die and they used to like put like cages around your coffin to make sure you don't come back. Mm-hmm. So like those are all those weird things that they believed in. So like it makes sense. Yeah. And he was like, no, it's a real thing. Exactly. Yeah. Plus there was like other reports of it. When, when people were just like seemingly incinerated or crisp to death and everyone was like, what the fuck happened? It's like, it's, it, you know, it's like 1740. I don't know. Spontaneous <laughs> combustion. You joke, but that was actually a thing. Yo, it's like 1740. I don't know. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, dude, do you even know what year it is? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Vibe check. And then they just spark up. <laughs> so <laughs> there was like, other accounts of spontaneous human combustion mm-hmm. around like obviously 17th 18th 19th century um but one documented one that i found is from the 19th century and it was on the night of christmas eve in 1885 and it was in a small farming town of seneca illinois and there's a woman named matilda rooney she's alone in her kitchen and she just bursts into flames the fire quickly incinerated her entire body, except her feet. And her husband, Weird. Patrick, was found suffocated from the fumes in another room of the house, which is oh. disgusting to think about and yeah. awful. You got choked out by your wife's fumes. Yeah. <laughs> so much like the case of Mary Reeser, the tragedy of the Roonies left investigators baffled. The Roonies had been drinking and, sorry, had been relaxing and drinking whiskey that evening. 
and a farmhand had spent a few hours with them and he didn't notice that there was anything out of the ordinary. They were just going about their regular routine. There was no source of ignition that could be found for what set uh, Matilda on fire. Mm. And although the fire had been intense enough to basically reduce her to ashes with just a few fragments of bone, the flames hadn't spread to the rest of the room. It was just isolated to her body. And the fire seems to have started in her body and stayed confined to her body. Again, just like Mary. Ew, I'm just picturing it just like confined to her body and just realize it came from the inside out. Yeah. Ugh. That's what people believe. You look like a fucking fleshy jack-o'-lantern. Ew! Jack-o'-lantern. Can I call her jack-o'-lantern? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone gets that, I love you. Other than you, Julia and Alex, I know you get it. Because when we were carving pumpkins, I said it 38 times. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> Jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> much more than 30 anything. 340. Yeah. So because of uh, tales like this one with Matilda Rooney and, you know, good old Charles Dickens writing it like it's real and true, there's people that were following Mary's case. There's people. There's. <laughs> you good? Yes, there are people who've heard of these stories and similar cases of SHC mm -hmm. who are like, yo, this totally fits here. Like Mary's case is resembling someone who is a victim of spontaneously combusting. Hmm. Right? Yeah. That's what it seems like so far. I mean, like, it's just accepted. It's just, like, what else would it be? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what else it could be, but this is just all part of how it went down in 1951. I'll tell you what it could be. I'll tell you what it isn't. I'll tell you about it. I already know what it was. You said 1951. You remind me. Damn, Harlan. Okay. Well, maybe add 200 years onto that. Go back in time. So police chief Reichert was, we'll say, appreciative, I guess, of all of these letters and tips and theories about what could have happened to Mary, you know, lightning, chemical bombs, spontaneous human combustion. He was like, cool, all these theories are great, but like, I also want answers just as bad as all of you. And I'm puzzled. This is a very puzzling case because uh, we have no freaking idea what happened to, to her. And we don't have the resources to figure out what on earth we're dealing with here. So on July 7th, he sent a box of evidence from the crime scene to the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. Also <laughs> I like, did anybody see your face? Just see you turning away and you're doing these weird hand gestures I was like, yeah. of like, Either wait, and then there was like a random thumbs up. I was like, wait, because I thought it was imminent, and then I gave it a thumbs up because it wasn't. <laughs> We're good. I'm sorry you didn't sneeze. That's the worst. So he's putting all this shit in a box, and he's like, We're going to go send it over to the FBI. 
and he made sure to address this box to the FBI director. Agent Cooper. J. Edgar Hoover. Oh. In the box, Chief Riker included a bunch of items collected from Mary's apartment, including glass fragments, six, quote, small objects thought to be teeth, a section of the carpet, the surviving satin slipper, smoke samples, rubble from the walls and floor, pieces of the easy chair, and a note that read, Dear Mr. J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> Go on. This fire is too puzzling for the small town force to handle. We request any information or theories that could explain how a human body could be so destroyed and the fire confined to such a small area and so little damage done to the structure of the building and the furniture in the room not even scorched or damaged by smoke. That's what the note said. I mean, yeah. <laughs> They're just like, this, I just don't get it. Please find within the contents of this box a bunch of burnt soot that we've <laughs> taken from different areas but not bagged separately. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> While Chief Riker waited for an ex explanation from the FBI, a portion of Mary's ashes were buried in the Chestnut Hill Cemetery in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania next to her husband and the rest stayed with her son in St. Pete. Mm -hmm. FBI agents spent three weeks examining Mary's case and the evidence from her apartment, and by August, they concluded their research. FBI agents found no evidence that suggested anyone's theories and speculations were correct. A giant fireball or a lightning bolt did okay, not gotta, strike mary i gotta admit those two were written off right away <laughs> <laughs> but you did but not need, someone seen it you did not need a federal bureau <laughs> to investigate that one you just needed me to say no that didn't happen next yeah next so there definitely wasn't a bomb like obviously <laughs> and the fbi hadn't found any sign and they weren't able to detect substances that could have started the blaze so like any sort of accelerants or whatever and about the substances the report said quote common combustible fluids and accelerants such as alcohol gasoline etc would probably be consumed in such a fire and no trace of them detected afterward which is normal a lot of the time, the accelerant does get, like, eaten up in the fire, so you can't tell exactly what it was, unless it didn't go in the fire. Yeah, like, they so... spilled it on their way to where they burned up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, they're like, I mean, we can't say it was that, but we can't say it wasn't that, because we didn't detect no anything. <clears throat> and, of course, you're probably sitting here like, okay, but what did they say about spontaneous human combustion? Because, duh, that was the most prevailing theory. Yes, but did she light up on herself? Get this combust on her own. Yes, the FBI investigation was like, no, no, that's not possible. You guys are crazy. She did not spontaneously combust. While spontaneous human combustion was a very widely accepted phenomenon in the days of Charles Dickens, mm -hmm. and let's face it, even the, in the 20th century, since people are saying it in the 1950s, like yep. it was obviously spontaneous human combustion. Uh, it, we're we're in a different time now, so 
with we have a far better understanding of most things scientific including fire including fire and the anatomy and all kinds of stuff so the belief during charles dickens days was that like you're overweight and you're alcoholic so you're obviously highly flammable therefore you're susceptible to spontaneously combusting but nowadays we know that well scientists thank you scientists they know that the concentration of alcohol in even the most intoxicated person alcoholic whatever it's too low to just combust and you have to have an external source of ignition to set be set on fire you can't just combust i heard that jay edgar hoover like wrote back just saying you know thank you for submitting this evidence federal bureau of investigations has concluded that there were um no confirmations of kerosene or accelerant within the confines of this setting and the only external factor that could possibly set her alight in this way would be my mixtape. Love, J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> no? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I tried. It took so long to get there. I know! I thought it would be funnier that way. <laughs> it wasn't, because I knew something stupid was going to come, and then it wasn't even punchy enough. Oh, All right. <laughs> Didn't have mixtapes in 1951. Yes, I do. Oh my god. Where was I? Okay. So, thank you, FBI. We now know all of the reasons and all of the ways that Mary could not have died. But of course, people are like, thanks, FBI. Did you conclude how she did die? Because mm -hmm. that's what we want to know. Yeah. So the FBI hypothesized that she had fallen unconscious because she took between two and four sleeping pills. Okay. While she was smoking in her easy chair and she set fire to her acetate nightgown. It's like a cheap material. It's like faux silk. Oh. So it's very flammable. Yeah. And then she was incinerated by what is known as the wick effect. Have you? Ever heard of the wick effect? I have not. Okay. That's unfortunate. I was hoping you would tell us. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so the wick effect. For the wick effect to take place, mm -hmm. there has to be some sort of source of ignition. In this case, what are you thinking about? The cigarette. Okay. I thought you were like thinking about another terrible joke and not <laughs> listening to what I was saying. <laughs> Could have been the next tape. We don't know. So yes, you need a source of ignition. And that's right. In this case, it's Mary's lit cigarette. Obviously, this has we have to be assuming that she w was smoking, which that was her routine. Yep. So Makes it's sense. fair to say. Just like we can assume she like fell asleep from her sleeping pills because that was also part of her routine. She regularly used sleeping pills. Mm -hmm. So she's got the lit cigarette. And you need the source of the ignition to come into contact with something that is easily flammable. The, the fucking nightgown. The nightgown. Yeah. So you need this easily flammable thing to go up in flames. And while the clothing and the hair and whatever else is burning, the body starts to burn. Mm -hmm. And the body fat melts into the flaming clothes and everything else that's burning. 
And then there's basically a reverse candle that is happening. So you have wax inside and a wick on the outside. So this is happening and it's consistently feeding the flames and creating conditions for the body to smolder, sometimes to the point that a body could be completely cremated. Mm -hmm. So in Mary's case, her easy chair had a fire retardant upholstery. Okay. So it it's fire retardant, so it's going to take a very long time for it to burn. So she's essentially cupped into this, like, ball of fire. Oh. And the apartment floor was concrete, so it was more difficult for the fire to spread anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was very much confined yeah. to this chair. The FBI also mentioned that the absence of any adjacent damage to the room was because heat that is coming off of a burning body will rise. Everyone knows that heat rises. And it'll form a layer of hot air, which never comes into contact with any of the furnishings around it because it's rising to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So it's leaving like a sooty ash around the top, but it's not going to fall back down to where everything is situated. Because obviously the majority of the things in the room are going to be on the ground, like floor level. Yeah. So that's the FBI saying, oh, that's why you have all of these things in the room that look like they're completely untouched and other things that look a bit melted because they were melted. The room was would have been so hot. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, the FBI concluded that Mary fell asleep in her easy chair with a lit cigarette. She dropped the cigarette into her lap. Her nightgown caught fire. Her body started to melt. Her body fat acted like fuel to keep the fire burning. The chair was isolated with the fire retardant material. The floor was cement, concrete, stopping the spread of the fire. Okay. So there was people who were like, yep, that checks out. That makes a lot of sense. I firmly believe that. Okay. Well, I'm one of the people who says there's missing one key piece of explanation that I need. (laughs) There's other people that are skeptical of the wick effect answer because there's still some things that don't add up to people. They're like, okay, so typically when a body is cremated, the skull will expand and swell and sometimes it'll even explode into pieces. Yeah. A skull never shrinks. Yeah. (laughs) That was my main concern. That is the odd part of this. It's so odd. Mm -hmm. And like that is all the like written testimony of it is like yeah her tiny ass skull was found but like there's no explanation anywhere as to why that would why that happens because everyone is like no in a cremation that doesn't happen you don't just get like a shrunken head Mm -hmm. so i have no idea (laughs) do you have any idea i i don't know maybe she buried her head in one of the cushions (laughs) then it just shrunk i don't know (laughs) they stopped it from expanding i don't don't know how the fuck it shrinks she buried her head in her unconscious state (laughs) Um, she always had a shrunken head she just had a really fatty head too i don't know maybe yeah but that's something that's always talked about is holy shit and she actually always wore wigs and shit you never noticed she had like a mrs doubtfire get up hello So that is like the main thing. People are like, okay, fine. But if her entire body is cremated, except there's like a portion of a a backbone, 
like fine maybe it was whatever fell away and didn't completely get incinerated but like why is her skull not incinerated it's just small i don't know yeah maybe if anyone listening has any ideas or is like actually i've heard of this before because i was looking it up and everyone was like no it should have like either been really swollen or from the intense heat because you obviously have your brain and other things in there it could have exploded or cracked open yeah and shouldn't being have like, shrunk and being like sitting in a chair of all things not a bed mm-hmm. you, your head would be in the flame or at least directly next to the flame yeah so it's not like it'd just be spared right yeah it's so bizarre now your feet and your calves you know i i get that I not the head probably just because your bones and your legs are so much smaller you don't have as much fat on your legs so it just like breaks away yeah and just lays there yeah makes sense and so bizarre that of all these other like you know quote spontaneous human combustion cases Mm -hmm. it's the same thing that the feet are just left yeah so um i mean yeah what do you think? Do you think that it was chemicals from a napalm phosphorus thermite bomb? Do you think it was a freak fire accident? Do you think she was struck by lightning? Do you think she spontaneously combusted? Or do you agree with the FBI? It was the wick effect. I think she held in one too many parts. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> she spontaneously combusted because of all the methane. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's why her head looked so shrunk. The rest of her was swelling. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what? Boom. Up in flame. It's funny that you say that because that is people who believe in spontaneous human combustion use that as like leverage for it. Like you're you can have a really unhealthy stomach and everything intestines, all the bacteria in there can be very high in methane. So you could combust. And then, of course, people go, then there would be no cows. Yeah, because they have an insanely high amount of methane. Yeah, I've never seen a combustible cow. Although I have like last fucking week just happened to be like a like I was browsing like Reddit or something. Like this is how they like deal with bloated cows. Like when they're too gassy. Good God. Yeah. They get a little a little pin and then so it like the air. Then they light the air and then leave them. Oh Is that not insane? Is that not fucking ridiculous? that is wild yeah it doesn't set them on fire no because it's just as it gets out right (laughs) yeah it's wild this is funny to see you would find that on reddit yeah it was like the top post i don't know (laughs) because it's so wild i mean that's pretty much the case of mary reeser that's a good one is that way is that do you actually believe that she was full of methane what do you believe? I'm inclined to believe the accelerant from her dress. But, but I just... You mean that her dress lit Yeah, like she Richard Pryor'd. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, she was wearing... Minus all of the trucks. Yeah. She was wearing like something that was incredibly flammable. She sat down on and, and essentially was surrounded by non-flammable things. I just... The shrunken head, to me, seems weird yes it is very weird but it could be embellished yeah that's what i was thinking like it could be embellished and i was thinking of like 
newspapers around this time could be like the tail end of the yellow paper era, which was just like essentially like newspapers acting like tabloids sometimes to get more people to buy the paper. I don't think that was the tail end. This is the 50s we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like really bad. It used to be really bad like 10 years ago. I know. True. It's still really bad yeah. in some places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that's probably it. I mean, you know, they turned it into a bit of a circus. Said she had a shrunken head. You know. Yeah. Well, investigators were like, "Yeah, it wasn't an illusion." Like we looked at this head and we were like, "Holy shit, that's a small head." Yeah. It's not an illusion because everything's removed from it. Like it's a shrunken to the size of a teacup. What? Unless it's a huge teacup. Maybe these people had only used giant teacups. Yeah, the size of a teacup's fucked. It seems so small. That's the only thing I just don't understand. But then I just go like, if I were to like make a decision, I would say the mystery is not how she caught on fire. The mystery is how her sh- skull was shrunken. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what my default is because like lead on fire, the explanation seems to all all the information seems to lead to the wick effect. The wick effect. But the shrunken head part doesn't seem to be really addressed in the investigation as much as it just like <laughs> that's we why we were we were trying to figure out why she caught on fire. Okay, we don't have time Can't to also investigate her small head. Yeah, she might just have a small head. That's pro- the FBI <laughs> would probably just be like, <laughs> "Look, I don't probably know, had man. a small head. She just had a tiny head." Yeah, like what we do don't from us. We don't measure that, you know. <laughs> it's just I can judge the size of her head. Yeah, a small cranium. Okay. Imagine that was part of your checkup every year, <laughs> just to put it on record. <laughs> tiny head. Okay. Okay, your tiny cranium is doing well today. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> you got a head the size of a Shih Tzu. Great. <laughs> well, I also am inclined to agree that it was the Wick effect, mm-hmm. which is still crazy though. That you c- you can just burn. You could get set on fire, and if you're totally stationary, in her case, it's because they believe she like passed out. Mm-hmm. and went into like a little mini coma from all the sleeping pills i mean thank god though yeah yeah but like the fact that you're just totally stationary you don't move and in a setting where you have concrete below you a bunch of space above you and nothing beside you and the only thing behind you is a wall mm-hmm. that you can just sit there and be reduced to ashes yeah in, over the course of a night like just how hot you have to burn and everything, and you just but because your body fat is going to just keep feeding the fire, mm-hmm. it just keeps going and it it just it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine being in nineteen fifties and walking into this apartment and just just being like, "What on earth?" Mm-hmm. Because they had to send it to the FBI to get an answer on this like supposed wick effect. That's what they're calling it. Like, the people in Florida, the St. Petersburg Police Department, were just like, what the fuck? What is happening? Yeah. Everything in the room looks like it was touched by, like, heat, but nothing's burnt. So bizarre. Yeah. It's just wild. And just, I even remember hearing about this. I read about it in, like, some kind of book from my elementary school library. And even in the book, which would have... Like, it was probably older. Like, the book was probably from, like, the 90s or the 80s or something. Mm -hmm. They talked about this and, like, said it like it was spontaneous human combustion. Yeah, I had the same thing. And I've seen there'd be, like, shows, like, oh, this is the craziest mystery ever. Like, this woman just 
spontaneously combusted in her apartment. And that's if this book or the show or whatever is from the 80s or 90s. It's like 30, 40 years since it happened and people are still like, well, it was spontaneous combustion. You don't ever hear about the wick effect. No. So that's why it's so interesting. Because spontaneous combustion is just like a fascinating concept. It is. Because it's terrifying. It's just one of those scary things. Like I said earlier, like, you know, when we were kids, we were all scared of fucking like these ridiculous things that we'll never really be exposed to. Like you're not going to, odds are you're not going to fucking drown in quicksand. I had that fear though. Yeah. So did I. Or, or like, you know, like just all the other different fucking random like piranhas. <laughs> like there's no piranhas anywhere near Ontario. I have no plans of going anywhere near piranhas. But two things out of that. One, proximity. I'm safe. Two, they don't eat live things. It's a myth. So like And they're not like that aggressive. No, yeah, exactly. Like they, they don't eat live things. If you throw in like a like a dead chicken, okay. A dead chicken. They'll fucking they'll bring that to the bone within like ten seconds. But you you fucking wait in there, they won't touch you. They're like, ew. Yeah, no, seriously. Ew. Uh, they they're just like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope. But yeah, so spontaneous combustion. I, I just think that it's just hype because it's fun to hype it up. Yeah. yeah. Outdated theory. I'm happy that it's most likely not a real thing because I would probably fall victim. Oh, man, everyone would just be walking around completely <laughs> terrified that any second they're just going to spark up. Like, it'd just be yeah. fucked. You have to have some something to ignite the source and for it to keep burning. Mm-hmm. Whereas even if, like, you walked by, like, a fireplace and an ember came out and you were wearing a, a acetate nightgown and it started to go up in flames, you would be like i'm on fire mm-hmm. and put it out yeah but not in the case if you took too many sleeping pills and fell asleep and dropped a cigarette in your lap and then yeah. burnt in your chair <laughs> i'm glad that there was like the pieces all there that you could just you know complete the picture though yeah but like, you needed the fbi yeah <laughs> because yeah. everyone else is like what like, are you talking about wick effect yeah i can't, I can't believe educated the investigator didn't go like hmm she took a bunch of sleeping pills. She's a smoker, part of a routine, and she just sat down. And also, the floor's all concrete. They they were thinking <laughs> that. They just didn't, I guess, didn't understand how d- nothing else in the room catches on fire. You 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 think, well, fire will obviously spread. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like also, maybe they wanted it to be spontaneous human combustion. Who knows? Maybe yeah. they were, like, f- feeding into that. Maybe they were just sitting there going, well, I, I guess I can't technically rule it out because I don't know. Mm-hmm. We, I would like to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. See, us. they're all like, what? What? What the hell? Yeah. Huh? You know, it's been nearly 72 years since she's died. Rest in peace, Holy. Mary. Yeah. Ciparino. It's a fascinating tale, regardless. Mm-hmm. Even if you are still like, nope, I don't like the FBI's answers. You know, the, the FBI, of course they would say wick effect. They don't want you to know that people spontaneously combust. <laughs> they don't want you to know the truth. They don't want you to know that. Fine, if you're one of those people, um, I don't, okay, you can be that way. Mm-hmm. But other people are like, well, yeah, it was the wick effect, of course. Yeah. Well, or, so- you know, the one guy that did see the huge fireball going through the window. <laughs> well, if you're one of those people, try not to sneeze too hard or something, you know? 
<laughs> you never know what causes it. But yeah, I thought this one would be interesting to do. It's different. It's still kind of true crime, but it's also like a macabre one and mm-hmm. um, also one that can like maybe if people are like me who remember reading about this when they were like a kid or seeing it on TV or something and being like, holy shit, spontaneous human combustion. What a nightmare. Now you know the whole story. Yeah. And what professionals have decided the reason is it's not spontaneous human combustion is the wicked fact yeah yeah follow us on instagram we're at dark adaptation podcast you can see photos related to this case i'm gonna put a little diagram of mary's apartment the photo of her foot shrunken head i don't have a photo of the shrunken head <laughs> Like I'm saying, I don't know if it was embellished or not. I don't yeah. have any. I don't have any answers for that. You can message us on Instagram and tell us like what, <clears throat> what your theories are. Why was her head shrunk? Mm-hmm. Was it even her head? Was it even her ashes? Was it someone else's ashes put there? Yeah. And just her, her uh, leg. Did Doctor <laughs> Dick Junior have something to hide? <laughs> Let us know. Let's not incriminate his son. I'm gonna do it. How old is he? He's not around, right? He's passed. Yeah, all right, then I'm incriminated. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, kidding. Uh, you can also visit our website, darkadaptationpodcast.ca. That's where we have our sources. That's where you can buy us a coffee. That's where you can check out our merch store where we currently have an embroidered iron-on patch, which is only $14. There is no tax, and it is free shipping. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. Our friend Pete over at Good Beer, Bad Movie Night mm-hmm. ordered one. He sent me a photo. It came in. God bless him. He loves it. I hope he loves it. He does love it. Nice. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And you should love it too and buy one. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this is the last episode of January. What's the first episode for February, you ask? I don't know. And you'll hear it when it comes out. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Intrigued. I don't know. I I liked doing a schedule, but then I realized like I can't limit myself that way because I don't know how long my research is going to be. I don't know what kind of rabbit holes I'm going to go down. I don't. I just don't know. And why would I set a schedule that I'm just going to keep changing? I can't imagine people are that would be that concerned. Well, I think even I, th- if I you like are... figuring out like like <laughs> like kind of being surprised with the next episode. I kind of like that mystery. Yeah. Cause, that's good because like whenever i tune in to like a new episode or something, i, I kind of don't want to know because i that i might be inclined to look it up that's true and i don't want it i just want to want to learn about it when when it comes out it's always fun because your phone will always give you a little notification saying you know check out the latest episode and it'll be like something i've never heard of and there's no better feeling than that when you have something you're like i have no idea what oh, the fuck that is my favorite I show is coming know. out well what's and we always like i try and do cases that like People are like, what is this? I never heard of this or um, haven't been covered too often. Because mm-hmm. there's, if you are an avid true crime fan, spooky fan, whatever, and you listen to a lot of podcasts, you people know exactly what I mean. There's these cases that are heavily rotated between like any podcast you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. Like Benet Ramsey. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Or uh, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Eggy. Yeah. Mm, well, actually, of. not that much, but like a little bit. Sort of. Yeah. There's us. There's so many. Yeah. And, you know, I just, 
I want you to listen to our show. I want you to listen to the stories that we have to say. Mm-hmm. I don't need to tell you a story that you probably already know at the back of your hand, unless you want to hear about it, because I would do a really good job. But no, I like to do these ones. Okay, anyway, that's time. I've decided that's time. And we'll... (laughs) I've broken everyone. Next week will be the first episode of February. You'll see, it'll be a surprise. I'm done ranting. We'll catch you on the dark side. Bye.